0: Amen. Um, I'm excited about this. I, I have an outline I'm not going to use. Hallelujah. Um, we we are in the process of talking about prayer. We are eight weeks in, I, I believe, is today the eight eight weeks. Yeah, week eight. Um, and we are going to be talking. We the plan is that we would talk about. The prayer life of Jesus and kind of finish that up we've got uh, another uh, maybe a week or so to go, and we'll be uh, finishing up we're going to be talking about um, going back and touching a little bit on the the prayer in the garden the prayer that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 and then the prayer that he prayed on the cross and 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 help you with an example of the example of prayer but i want to share with you out of out of today what what God is doing here before we get there and if we don't get there then you know what i'm preaching on next week amen and we'll finish that but turn to the book of Daniel It was in here last time I looked. It's <laughs> just hiding in there. Daniel chapter three. We got some pages stuck together here. Yeah, I'm going to use it in yours. I like that one better anyway. Um, no, I I got my glasses. I'll I'll, I'll use the big Bible. Your Bible ought to be big enough that if folks won't listen to the word you give them, you can whack them with it. Huh? He sent his word and healed you, but not till I beat you up with it first. Listen. The Lord said, the Lord says that this place, part of the vision of Church of Living Water and part of the purpose of this house being set in this city was that healing resides in this place. Amen. And then folks get all, all upset when sick people come. It's like, I understand why so many sick people around here. Well, duh! <laughs> sick people are drawn to a place of Healing. Now, how God chooses to do that and whether he chooses to do that instantly. as it, who, who, who was sharing? Oh, well, Becky just... And there was a, a lady that y'all just shared that we're praying for for cancer and she went and... Oh, yeah, her, what's her name? Deanna. Deanna. And she went and it's gone. She had stage four. Had stage four now, and more than one cancer in the body. More than one type of cancer, stage four. That's a death sentence in... in <laughs> but for the people of God this is a challenge it's not a death That's sentence it's a it. challenge and I'm going to help you with something you are always going I said this to Deanna this morning you are always going to be put in a position as believers uh, to trust God yes, right. you are going to face challenges that, requ- that will, will test do you trust God He's going to find out. And, and more importantly, it's not that God's wanting to find out. He wants you to find out. Yes. He wants you to have an understanding of your level of faith and your level of walk with Him so that you can stir it up and strengthen it and have it shored up. If, unless you can see where you are weak, you can't be made strong. Yes. Hallelujah. So in Daniel, there was a challenge. And the King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, I'm going to put up an image and you're all going to bow down to it and, and you're all going to pay honor to me because I'm, I'm the dude, right? He said, I'm the guy. And so he built a statue and told them, you bow down. And if you don't bow down, if you don't bow down, I'm going to strike up the furnace and we're going to chuck you in it. And we're going to have roast marshmallows and you are going to be the fuel for the fire. Are you with me? So King Nebuchadnezzar says to them, I want you to bow down and I want you to worship me essentially. And if you don't bow your knee and worship me, you're out of here. You're not going to live another day. And here are these wonderful young men from Israel who had uh, been raised and taught, you shall bow your knee to no one but God and God alone. They go and they stand there and the trumpets blow and they look at that uh, statue and they say, well, y'all might worship that statue, y'all might bow down before that king, but we ain't bow our knee. Every time you face a challenge in God, it's going to feel like you're facing it alone it will feel like nobody's ever gone through this before. Are you with me? Listen. You will feel, you are going to go through experiences that that make you feel as though you're the only one there. First thing that that you are going to have to come to terms with is God never leaves you. He never forsakes you. So whether it feels like you are alone or not, you're never alone. And so are you going to live out of your feelings or are you going to live out of your faith? So you're going to stand in the the presence of the Lord. You're going to declare, no, no matter what, you're going to stand in the presence of the situation. You're going to say, God is with me. He said he wouldn't leave me alone. So whether I feel like I'm alone or not, it may look like nobody's around, but God is here with me. I am not alone. Well, that's what these boys did. So they were nice. They gave him a second chance. Read the story. They gave him a second chance. Okay, we're going to blow the trumpets again. Everybody's going to bow again. And you have a chance one more time or we're going to chuck you in the fire. Listen to what they said in verse 17, chapter 3. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Okay, number one, God is able. God is able. Say that. God is able. So he says, "If if it's so, God's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. You know what I hear in that? Chuck me in the fire. So if I die there, I don't have to bow down to you. Do you hear the almost indignance in the strength of these young men? Fine. Throw us in. God can deliver us out of the fire, but he's going to deliver us out of your hands one way or the other. One way or the other. If we're dead, we don't have to deal with your garbage anymore, O king. Whatever happens, happens. It's all good. But we're not bowing down to you. Oh God, what to God that the believers in our generation would get the tenacity to say, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, we're not bowing down. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. We're not giving up. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. We're not throwing in the towel. We might be here. We might be in bondage to you. We might be under some level of authority uh, to you. But however, when God says for us not to bow our knee, we're not going to bow our knee. We don't care what you say. So he says to them, so they say to him, but if not, if he doesn't deliver us out of the fire, and if he lets you chuck us in there, But if not, let it be known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. It doesn't matter. So we go before the Lord and we stand in the promises of God and we hold to what his word says and we hold to what we believe and we hold to what we know that is eternally true because the word says his word will stand forever. It will never pass away. When he said it, it was established. Hallelujah, Judy. It's all right. When he said, "His word is established," was established. And if we would get the tenacity to realize that his word is true, and he was so uh, uh, purposed to establish that in our understanding, that his word says, "Let God be true and every man a liar." So when you stand in front of your doctor and he gives you a report that you don't want to hear, don't call him a liar. That that would be rude. (laughs) But let God be true and determine that the promises of God and the covenant of God is over your life and regardless of what kind of response that you get or regardless of what someone tells you that you're going to stand in the promises of God. And you look into that situation and you say, I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to bow my knee. And whether He determines to deliver me out of this situation or whether He determines for me to go through the fire or whether He determines for me to die in this situation, I'm going to declare that God is God. God is God. And He is sovereign. And I just rejoice every time we hear those answers to prayer. I'm telling you, Martha, uh, if I'm missing, don't pray for me. I don't want to get thrown in jail. But no, that's. But let me tell you, this this dear lady was missing and she needs an intervention in uh, in the circumstances of her life and that man needed a word from the Lord and he needed to understand that God was moving and so he comes back and he says, wait a minute, your prayer was ineffective, nothing happened. Oh, well then let's just pray again. My Bible tells me I can go back. We've been studying on prayer. I can go back. And I can pray again. So she takes him by the hand again and says, Lord, she's missing. Move in this situation. Phone rings. We got her. She's here. And now she can get the help that she needs and the encouragement that she needs. And now this man has hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And now he has hope. Hope. There's no longer a deferred hope within him. He has hope that God is going to turn the situation around because a believer spoke faith to him. God, God's word is true. And the word says that the truth will make you free. So stand in his truth. So what you have to do with that is, number one, as a church, you have to decide, okay, God said that, we're gonna, we're going, that he's going to minister healing out of this house. So come on, sick people, bring them on. Yes. The day is going to come. You, you know there's a hospital surgery center right over here uh, and, and a whole uh, strip of medical uh, facilities over there right here on Fresno and Bullard. And every day, hopeless people pass by this way on their way to discuss with their doctor their hopeless situation. And here we are on Bullard and Angus with the answer. Are you following me? God is going to raise up teams of people within this house. I can see the day when these doors are open every day for several hours a day with a sign up that says, Healing, stop here. On your way to the doctor? Come on in. No, we're not practicing medicine, we're practicing faith. Oh, that'll get you out of your comfort zone. Every day I come in this office and when I walk around this campus, there's a cry in my heart. Because people are passing by every day and they are hopeless and they don't have an answer and they don't understand that Jesus is the answer and that by his stripes they're healed and if they will come to him, he is a heart of compassion toward them. Do you know that they're passing by and they think that, that, that what's going on in their body and in their life is because God is mad at them for some reason? He took all of his anger for sin out at the cross. He don't have it anymore. He laid it on the back of Jesus and by his stripes you're healed. He, does, he wants your life to be better. He doesn't want you to sow seeds that'll reap a harvest of frustration, but he ain't mad at you when the frustration comes. Jesus said in this life, oh, here's a promise from God, in this life you will have trouble. Aren't you glad he didn't stop there? Yes. Can you imagine, great prophet, in this life you will have trouble. But he didn't sit down there. He said, "But fear not. Little ones, fear not, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome. All things are under my feet. I have over Fear not, I have overcome." Thank you, Jesus. And so we position ourselves before the Lord as a house. That's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we disciple. That's why we're getting people rooted in the word. That's why we believe in getting people free. That's why we lay hands on the sick. That's why we lay hands on people that are in trouble. That's why we encourage and strengthen. And whenever someone's discouraged, we try to link them up with someone that'll be a, a good encourager. And we, and we uh, link folks together to encourage one another and build one another up because the day is going to come that the doors are going to be open and people are going to be walking in and they're going to be healed. And you're going to be part of that process. You're going to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. We're part of the answer in the earth. We're God's children. We are, we are released in the earth with the promises of God. Amen. Yes. Amen. So healing is resident within the house. Healing resides where the Holy Spirit is deposited, where the anointing of the Lord is deposited healing resides. Oh, there's a deeper truth there. Let's go let's go there. Not just in the house in the believer where living water is poured in. The Bible says, Ezekiel chapter 47, you should know this, everything will live where the river flows everything will live where the river flows do you know that there is a promise oh maybe i should talk about this for a little bit if in the presence of god if you read that in ezekiel you'll see that there is a river that comes out from under the throne of god and the word says that everything will live where the river flows and we we've, we've studied all about that i preached on it for over a year so you're well, you have, those of you that have been here, you have good understanding of the fact that where the river of God flows, where the spirit of God flows, where the presence of God goes, there's life, there's healing, there's strength, there's blessing. But in the context of that vision, in Ezekiel, in the context of that vision, there were some tributaries of, uh, of the river that went into pools that were essentially cesspools. Places of death, places where no life could come. And it said, but there, there, in those places, absent the presence of God, without God being poured in there, they, like a dead sea, there's no life. Do you know how those pools form? Do you know how the Dead Sea is, why the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea? Why dead pools of water form? It's because there's a way for a little water to get in, but there's no way for anything to get out. And so no healing can come because no flow can come. So unless you position yourself before the Lord where his presence and his anointing can flow in and flow out. Healing cannot come to you. So what is poured into you must be poured out of you so that more can get in. That's just a little biblical picture there of a a scientific, really a scientific fact of truth. That's why all over the city, all over the city, during the springtime, they run around and they spray these swimming pools that are in the back of these houses that are in foreclosure, sitting full of water, because they're dead pools. And the mosquitoes form there, and curse, curses, curses come to those dead places. So they come and they try to, to kill that stuff because nothing can get in and nothing can get out. There's a picture. There's something there that that y'all need to get. God did not design you to be in isolation from the body of Christ, from his presence, and and, uh, from the house of the Lord, from the word of the Lord. God did not design you to be in isolation. The minute you're in isolation, you set yourself up to be destroyed. You set yourself up for heartache, sickness, brokenness. I I don't know why, folks, when they get in trouble, they want to run from the house of God and they want to isolate themselves. Isolation will destroy you. We're the body of Christ. We're joints that supply. So we come together and good stuff goes in and then you hit the road and on Monday morning when you get to work or wherever wherever you're going, good stuff ought to be poured out. You've got to be a life that is poured out. We are a drink offering before God. It, It is just as important for us to have poured into us is equally as important for us to be poured out so that we don't become stagnant in our relationship with the Lord and in our relationship with each other and so that we have a tenacity within us. I can't imagine what it was like. I, I, I know it's kind of two pools of, or two trains of thought there, but I can't imagine other, well, I can. I can sit and imagine Uh, what it must have been like to have the tenacity within our spirit to say God's word is true no matter what the circumstances produce no matter what the circumstances around me look like this is the truth that I'm going to live in so live or die live or die sink or swim I'm living out of this. We were over and we were praying for Juanita, and Juanita's, gosh, I don't know how old she is. How old? Anybody know how old Juanita is? 75, 75 years old. Woman of great faith. I don't know why the process for her has been as long and as difficult as, as it has been. Juanita's dealing with um, bladder cancer. And she's in late stages. Unless something changes, she can't go be with Jesus. But Juanita's a woman of faith. And we're sitting in her living room, and oh, she started prophesying. And she said, there's two things I need to tell you. And listen, you guys need this. There's two things I need to tell you that the Lord has said to me. And she goes, I wasn't quick to respond, and I wish I would have been quicker to tell you this. She said, tell Becky not to chew gum when she's teaching. Remember, she told you that. I don't know, Becky. I don't know. But anyway. But anyway, she, she, she saw Becky teach one time and I think she, she might have had a mint or something in her mouth, but she said, tell Becky not to chew gum when she's teaching. Because she's so anointed. I don't know what that was about. But anyway, that was the word of the Lord from Juanita. And then she said, if I could say one thing to people, She said, when you go forward for prayer, she goes, there are people that I've seen that go forward for prayer time after time, and she goes, I know in my spirit they're kind of going forward for the same thing. And she said, the Lord is saying, why are you coming back when you didn't believe me last time? She said, they need to build their faith. They need to, if they're going to go forward for prayer, they need to believe God. Believe his word. This is a woman who's lived out of the promises of God her whole life. And she said, Believe God when you go stand before him. And we ask him to do something for you. When you want him to do something in your life, believe. 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 So, I, so you know what I'm, what I'm going to challenge you to do? Go get your sick friends and bring them to church. But don't just bring them here for healing. <coughs> get over their house and lay hands on them. You know what you're... Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, don't get me started when we're supposed to be ended. You're too worried about the results. Some sow seed, some water, but God... Brings the increase. Yeah, right. yeah. You're too worried about the results. You're afraid that if you go lay hands on somebody that don't know Jesus and you ask them to let you pray for them and you pray for them and that the outcome isn't right, that you'll have to endure them coming back three weeks later and saying your prayer was ineffective. What are you gonna say? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I determined a long time ago that if somebody came up in prayer line for healing and dropped dead at my feet, I'm going to step over them and say, Who's next? Because I believe the Word. I believe the Word. We are standing in the Word. We are not here to judge by uh, what God decides to do with our request. We're here to make our requests made known to Him. And so if we go into the furnace and we turn to ashes, or if we go into the furnace and we walk out on the other side, let God be God! And let the results be Him. Let the results be His. Let the outcome be His. Exactly. But let God be God. Just be life. Just be a rivers of living water and be poured out wherever you go and let God be God. Right. Oh, get ready. Get ready. You just won't get ready. There's a move of God in the earth. He's anointed your hands for healing. He's, if, you are, if you are rooted in this house and you are part of this house, you have an assignment in healing. Amen. Yes. Yes. Go lay hands on the sick. You've seen me do it enough. Be healed in Jesus' name. That's not hard, but let's do it. Stand together. Let's do the work of the ministry. Let's let God be God. Let's not be discouraged when the outcome does not uh, does not be the kind of outcome or become the kind of outcome we thought we wanted. Let God be God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.